<laughs> we're back here episode number three of the theater of living with mm-hmm. kai and cody and why is that thing still beeping uh i can turn it off i mean technical difficulties time out yeah it's all good it's all good okay yeah so what brings us here today what are we talking about uh we're going to talk about relationship oh god i go. know the subject <laughs> is quite broad um, we're going to contain it to um, certain relationships, right? Romantic relationships? <laughs> Not really. Okay. Not really. So yeah. we're going broad and then we'll be more specific down the road. Right. Exactly. Okay. So <sighs> it's a tricky subject to even mm-hmm. dive into because it's so complex as yes. anybody out there listening to this knows there's so many different forms of relationships from the friendships you make to the romantic relationships to even you know mm-hmm. an employer or employee relationship they can be one of the most beneficial things for you or mm-hmm. they can be probably one of the worst things anybody's gone through a breakup or separation from an employer had a shitty mm-hmm. boss or a bad friend can know of these negatives i'm referring to but also the, the other side of that's the good thing if you have a good friend or good employer or good partner can mm-hmm. add such huge benefit to your life I mean, absolutely this for example i mean we're great friends you know we're brothers mm-hmm. so <laughs> that's the only reason right. we're in this position right now mm-hmm. but not a lot of people have somebody like that or they right. don't have that in every type of relationship in their life it's usually yeah. a mix right uh remember not remember um we talk about we actually talked about this in depth before that why romantic relationships actually fall apart more often than friendships, right? Really good friendships, right? And one of the things that we talked about was that in general, um, romantic relationships uh, require, not require, that people often want something in return, right? Remember that? Um, Really good friendships usually don't have that. Yeah, or if they do, the mm-hmm. demand is much less mm-hmm. than typically what a romantic relationship entails. I think people usually, when they enter a romantic relationship, it's with a, depending where you where you are, a cultural understanding that mm-hmm. I give you X, Y, Z, you give me X, Y, Z, and in order to do that exchange, we don't do X, Y, Z. So, I mean, right. a typical thing with relationships here culturally speaking uh monogamy so you know Mm -hmm. while we're together you don't see other people think Mm -hmm. about other people or be involved with other people sexually Mm -hmm. typically is where the line is drawn Um, right some people draw the line emotionally as well so and that usually is only driven with the opposite sex whereas Mm -hmm. you could have a good friend like you and we can have a deep emotional relationship but Mm -hmm. because there's no sexual attraction or Mm -hmm. we're the opposite sex it's okay Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, none of us actually really advocates in one form of romantic relationship, right? No, no, no. I think there's so many different ways you can find mm-hmm. fulfillment, and yeah. relationship styles are so varied and unique mm-hmm. person to person. Typically, there's an overarching type yeah. of relationship based on the culture, again, history and time period where you grew up, but monogamy is the biggest one, and we probably can see that from evolutionary characteristics as to why that's been important why it's developed but the cool thing about right now at least in the u.s and a lot of more um quote-unquote first world countries is that 
these relationship styles are being reevaluated. Um, non-ethical monogamy, mm-hmm. uh, ethical non-monogamy. There's right. a whole bunch. Polyamory. There's so many different forms to right. maintain relationships. Yeah. And I think it's going to add value to people's lives mm-hmm. because whatever the normal precept and the well-established relationship styles are right now may not be what are best for you or your partner unless you're willing to at least explore conceptually. Mm-hmm. Idea-wise, again, like we've talked about, if you don't explore these things, you may be leaving things on the table. Again, yeah. not saying it's for everybody, but you mm-hmm. should at least take the time to examine them. Because, yes. again, maybe the trade-off is worth it. True, true. And, you know, um, we talk about when we talk about this kind of subject, we talk about, you know, um, historically, which form of relationship was more advocated than, than the others. Um, I mean, there are so many examples. For example, in Sparta, um, I don't remember exactly it was, I don't remember exact context, but um, your spouse having sex, especially women, uh, having sex with another man wasn't really considered, um, I guess, maybe I shouldn't have started to talk about it because <laughs> I don't remember exact uh, context of it, but I think it was more open in the time, mm. especially. And that's really interesting because, you know, in Sparta, that was the case, but in other cities, in Greek cities, that was not the case, right? Mm. So even um, uh, in the same period of time, there were multiple forms of relationship even back then. Yeah. Right? Thousands yeah. of years ago. Things that were... So that's really interesting to look at, actually. You know, because we uh, a lot of times we talk about relationship uh, when which form is better than the others. We typically talk about evolutionism um, and, um, you know, uh, historical, uh, I guess... Um, context to it Mm -hmm. right but i guess if we take that kind of approach it's kind of hard to get to uh actual discussion productive discussion yeah so you're saying essentially there's been a Mm -hmm. dominant narrative right and monogamy has been at the forefront of that yeah so there's potential or like you said before you know we're just thinking these have been the only relationship styles and patterns Mm -hmm. historically speaking but that's not true once you look into history Mm-hmm. Um, that's just the main thing that's shared in current media and uh, current forms of education. Mm-hmm. So there's been other forms that have been, you know, I think their merits are up for debate and should be looked at and maybe revisit it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's things culturally that are obviously not acceptable today that were acceptable hundreds of years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, pedophilia being the biggest one, you know, that was pretty dominant in a lot of Greek culture things we obviously want to avoid today mm-hmm. you know thankfully culture has shifted against that and away from that but maybe we've left these other things unexamined that are worth worth value yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean um, you had to bring up sparta now i'm only thinking about is 300 mm-hmm. and people getting kicked in the chest and ripped dudes so <laughs> kind of really derailed this conversation right did i oh man <laughs> But there's also a lot of people that have found fulfillment without being in these atypical Mm -hmm. 
I guess we're on the topic of romantic relationships currently. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like if somebody like Nietzsche, you know, who was rejected, even though he was in love with a girl right. and, you know, was a brilliant man, but mm-hmm. still produced a lot of value. Mm-hmm. And one Both might argue times. that suffering, I mean, he suffered a lot in his life mm-hmm. from physical illness, but also, you know, the proposal rejection had maybe a huge impact on his work. Because you would think all these negatives, you think there would be maybe an error of cynicism in his work, but to the contrary, the guy is super excited and excited and saying, you know, you should go live life, go make the most of it, mm-hmm. despite what I think most people would do in those positions is kind of, you know, put their head down, woe is me, the world sucks, you know, the gods have cursed me, nothing is working out in my favor, but he saw it a totally different way. Mm-hmm. You know, he actually wished um, difficult and bad things on his friends and loved ones because he believed, you know, this is how you build character. This is mm-hmm. how you get more out of life, you know, makes you less soft and can make you more valuable mm-hmm. by having these struggles and these burdens. I think one thing that's often not discussed maybe in depth is the difference between relationship and friendships that men share with other men in a sense of camaraderie versus what women share typically with other women. Uh, There's not as much as a sisterhood, it seems, with women. Uh, I don't know if this is due to like the competitive Uh nature of a partner or... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, we're getting a little... uh, um, (laughs) Yeah, controversial here. But, again, this is my... anecdotal experience I found that Uh on average the female friends I have typically don't have as close female friendships as they do male Mm. friendships whereas like male friends typically have a lot of male male friendships as well well there was a counter argument to that I remember um, so I think this study I've seen before that women tend to live longer after they lose their spouse than you know Mm. um men mm-hmm. do I mean dramatically different right yeah. so in that case um, that the conclusion of the study was that because they can develop friendship with others besides their spouse yeah no it's very valuable I just <laughs> would wonder if those friendships it's are exactly with... opposite story to yours <laughs> no 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 I'm saying women can have a harder time right. developing deep friendships with women on average so on uh, average yeah w- woman to woman interpersonal relationship rather than Right. Maybe woman to man. Also, that mm-hmm. that might shift dramatically later mm-hmm. in life where maybe some of these uh, biological imperatives are right. less prevailing. Because, yeah. I mean, when you're in your 80s, you're probably not as inclined to reproduce or think about things and maybe a sexual True. tendency. So. I think that's a big part. But in that study, though, uh, when they were talking about this friendship, mm-hmm. uh, they were talking about friendship with the same sex oh interesting so that's why yeah I brought that up yeah that's Mm -hmm. bullshit you're just trying to yeah but I mean counter me you you just pointed out really important part though um and they're older right so uh that may play um some important role um to make that difference yeah I mean I think I'm not saying you're right (laughs) no 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 no. that's not that's not how I heard it I heard I'm right you're wrong I'm big you're small um no so I think there is something to be said there. I think also, though, that's why friendship mm. typically, again, this is anecdotal is my experience. I think on average, 
it's easier to have a deep friendship with somebody when there's no romantic feelings involved mm-hmm. because sexual drive and the need to reproduce, whether it's evolutionary, um, cultural pressure or otherwise, seems to be so powerful that it overrides these things where you can't even develop maybe a deep friendship or it's hierarchical where that factor is so high Mm -hmm. it's more powerful whereas when i have a friendship with somebody who i'm not sexually attracted to so in this case a man i don't have to worry about that you know i can actually develop a deep relationship based off those other values my mind's essentially not getting tricked into like oh dude you just gotta reproduce you gotta have sex you gotta hook up you know Mm -hmm. and you know maybe the, the the culture is better with a bit involved with that as well being seen as like oh i need to have a partner a romantic partner is seen as valuable or i'm more valuable in society because i have a partner and my partner's attractive blah 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 you know mm-hmm. all these other things but i think friendships are typically undervalued culturally and romantic relationships are overvalued yeah is mm. it the same in korea what's I think it's about the same, man. I mean, about the same. Yeah, I, I don't think there is a huge difference. Um, you know, and that typical, uh, you know, stereotype of Asian women, like obedience and things like that is just not true. You mean a good woman? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, was, I wasn't serious. <laughs> uh, that is just not true. Um, I mean, not. this is not just from my experience, but I. that's just... Um, um, a wrong idea stereotype of Asian women mm-hmm. and almost about everything I, I mean obviously there are some cultural differences but when it comes to romantic relationship and marriage there's virtually no difference for example um, I mean this is just a um, 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 characteristic you can see on the surface but um, divorce rate is about the same between Korea uh, Korea and the US and cheating rate is about the same too yeah they're probably top top five in the world actually. wait are you telling me people are reporting honestly about their cheating who's the guy handing out these tests I well, want to know I, I don't know how they <laughs> gathered that data but uh, I, I'm sure they can get that data from um, court cases yeah I'm sure yeah. you know infidelity yeah. being a case right. that's, that's an interesting thing you mentioned because we were actually talking about this earlier so how relationships are defined is whether they're successful or unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. I think typically the way somebody sees if a romantic relationship is a successful endeavor is if it persists, if that relationship continues. So when you bring up something like the divorce rate, it's I think it's hard to quantify that as unsuccessful. Or maybe we shouldn't because a relationship, regardless of the outcome, can be a huge benefit and increase your life as yeah. far as like uh, quality and you can come out a better person. And again, the opposite is true. You can come out mm-hmm. a more jaded person, you know, worse off and have a lot of negative things attributed to it. But I oftentimes think our relationships are almost set up to fail because mm-hmm. the main goal is not necessarily getting to know somebody and loving them mm-hmm. and trying to help each other grow but it's to make sure that the relationship survives no matter what. And we both know this. We've seen relationships where obviously both these people hate each other. Mm-hmm. They're just together yeah. because they've been together for a long time. Mm-hmm. 
or something of that nature. And, you know, that's, that's hard to see, especially when it's a loved one in that situation or when you're in that situation, when you know, ah, maybe we should go separate ways. Maybe there's incompatibility, even though love persists, the incompatibility mm-hmm. is greater. So maybe we should exit this engagement with one another mm-hmm. for the benefit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think, you know, also it's really similar to what you just said, but um, a lot of times marriage and uh, or relationships fail because um, there's just incorrect expectation or just wrong definition of what is what successful relationship is. Right. Um, and again, I mean, all those definitions and all those you know, expectations come from um you know, society itself, right? I mean, you don't really define that. Yeah. You don't just wake up one day, oh, I'm going to get married and uh, have a kid. It's, it's already there. It's already there. You just mm-hmm. chose to take that path, right? True, without a lot of thought beforehand yeah, as if exactly. this was the correct path for mm-hmm. me. This is the expectation, so why not go forward with it? This is the natural progression of a relationship. You find somebody, you mm-hmm. guys like each other, yeah. Uh, depending on your religious preferences and things of that nature, the next step may be, you know, sexual intercourse, see how you're compatible there or not. Or you might wait, mm-hmm. engaged, families meet each other. Mm-hmm. Do they approve? Okay. Get married. Yeah. Okay. Now that we're married, uh, it's been about a year. What are we doing? You know, mm-hmm. kids, that's, that's the next progression, the next mm-hmm. step. And I think a lot of people take that step without a deep analysis. And mm-hmm. again, it's a byproduct typically of sex, so it's yeah. pretty easy to have uh, mm-hmm. accidents occur or, you know, we're naturally inclined to want to do that. But it may be at the disservice to the child or the spouse or yourself. Mm-hmm. There should be, you know, some rigid and repeated discussion between both parties yes. before heading down that path. Right. And again, before even heading down the path of, a relationship, whether it's boyfriend, girlfriend, mm-hmm. or you know, partner, or however you want to define that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we don't have that because in our mind we think this is what it should look like. I should have a boyfriend. I should have a girlfriend. And it should fall into this tight little neat box that mm-hmm. I've seen put on TV, on Instagram, mm-hmm. Facebook, on the people I know in my life. And that's mm-hmm. what a relationship looks like. That's what a yeah. good relationship looks like. But then you don't also see the the dirty side the nitty-gritty details of right you know the arguments and the development yeah and all those finer details mm-hmm. yeah uh, i think really this aligns with what we talked about last time when we talked about in the previous uh episode um uh how people react or behave under the influence of totalitarianism is really similar to that in in in, in which that you haven't really created your own own values right mm-hmm. um that's where all the problems occur because again you uh see and hear and um you know about values of certain things and then that you just automatically or even um uncritically accepted as your own values and as you move forward, you find that, you know, everything's struggle because, I mean, again, I mean, you may go fine, right? I mean, mm-hmm. progress fine, but a lot of times that's not the case. I mean, if you look at, uh, you know, 
like average divorce rate. I mean, there's no such thing as average divorce rate. Right? <laughs> Let's look at the divorce rate. Mm-hmm. It's pretty high, right? Yeah. I believe it's over 50%, yeah, right? Yeah, something like that. But why does that happen? Right? I mean, obviously, there are a lot of surfacial reasons, you know, mm-hmm. incompatibility or kids, you know, whatever. But I think the bigger problem, underlying problem is that all the expectations and the values you thought of uh, of marriage were not true to you, mm-hmm. right? Therefore, you start to lose yourself, right? You start to um, see a lot of conflicts mm-hmm. for which you don't have any solutions, Yeah, right? Yeah. I think that's the like fundamental problem of um, today's marriages and you know relationships in general yeah it's not having the discussion mm-hmm. that is potentially ongoing right there's some core values that mm-hmm. we tend to hold that relatively are unrockable mm-hmm. outside of drastic life-altering situations whether mm-hmm. it's death or you know something immediate mm-hmm. that you can't ignore but again this happens in more than just these romantic relationships we're talking about this happens in friendships you know you'll have a friend I think everybody's had that friend that takes advantage of them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They call you a friend. They say they love you. They do all the things that you think, (coughs) you know, a friend would do as far as verbally exchanging, verbally communicating to Mm -hmm. you. But when it comes to actions, they're not there. You know, maybe they don't show up. Maybe they only need you. Or sorry, let me rephrase that. That they're only a friend when they need you, when they need something from you. That's when you hear from them. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're reaching out because... They need a little bit of money. Yeah. I mean, you they can see that pretty easily, right? Yeah. When it happens, it's pretty mm-hmm. easy to recognize. Yeah. But sometimes we, I'd say the most of the time, a lot of people let these friendships persist because it's so much easier to just persist mm-hmm. and have a conversation and potentially yeah. end it. Even though ending it yeah. could be the best thing for both parties. Right. Because they might be learning, oh, man, you know what? If I want a friend, I can't I can't treat them this way. Mm-hmm. And you might be learning a little bit of self-love and self-respect. Like, I deserve to be treated better. Mm-hmm. But again, that takes somebody to step outside and say, hey, you know what? What are my values? Yeah. What do I want out of life? What do I deserve? Mm-hmm. And maybe sometimes that look in the mirror is like, oh, you know what? I'm lacking. I'm mm-hmm. I'm shitty. Maybe I need to make up for it. Maybe I'm the bad friend. Maybe I'm the bad person in these relationships. Yeah. I've, been, I've been the bad person. Um, <laughs> usually not in friendships, but right. I definitely in a, you know, a couple of romantic relationships where you know i was selfish immature Mm -hmm. and ultimately it took losing those things Mm -hmm. to see like oh yeah okay you know i've messed up like i've headed down a path i didn't realize i was even on until in a moment it felt like i woke up and i'm like whoa how did i get here what happened and you lose yourself and that's losing a loved one sucks but losing yourself Mm -hmm. i mean that's that feeds to every avenue of your life so it's something you've got to be diligent about to pay attention mm-hmm. you know there's a there's a song lyric from uh brand new that i really like that says you know sometimes you forget to be the better man or something along the lines you forget that you're trying you know mm-hmm. i'm not the better man i forgot i was trying you know forgetting to try to be better because it's easy it's easy especially when you get in a heated argument mm-hmm. you know you just want to be right you just want to get your your point True. across even if there's yeah. not logical or rational reasons and you know you're wrong but you're like no you sometimes know sometimes you just argue for the purpose of arguing you know yeah and 
And not to say arguing is bad. It can be very productive, but Produ- yeah. there needs to be lines, times, you know, because mm-hmm. it can be hurtful. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you talked about being selfish in in relationships before. Um, I think it's a human nature, man. I mean, people are, um, you know, the the selfishness is part of human nature, you know. Uh, sympathy as well. Uh, you talked about sometimes it's just hard to end a relationship because... I mean, you didn't really talk about reasoning, but I think one of the reasons is uh, because of that being sympathetic as a as a human being. Mm-hmm. That's part of the nature, along with the selfishness. So sometimes your sympathy weighs more than selfishness, and you just tend to think that oh, this is going to get better, or you know, I feel bad about you know for that person, whatever. And um, that's how relationship just remain as it is. Um, rather than taking the action to, you know, break that relationship or, um, you know, move forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's some things that are negotiable or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you have some beliefs that you hold mm-hmm. that are malleable. Yeah. And those things should be up to malleability, you know, potentially what they are. Again, because it's something cool you get out of a relationship mm-hmm. – again, whether it's employer, friendship, or romantic, mm-hmm. is that maybe you haven't seen the world through a specific point of view. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have an idea about the way things should be. You know, Maybe you're the type of person who always gets breakfast 8 a.m., and that's how you want it to be. You want coffee at 8 a.m., breakfast mm-hmm. and eggs. And a partner, you know, maybe they don't want to eat breakfast, and you realize, mm-hmm. well, how, how is this going to work? I need to have breakfast. He or she doesn't want breakfast. How do I resolve this? And then you're like, you know what? Okay, I'm just going to wait. We'll get something later. Mm-hmm. And then you find out, oh, man, you know what? I kind of like just waiting, <laughs> putting off the satisfaction. You know, you right. delay it a bit. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, actually, it's not that bad. Like, I mm-hmm. have energy. You know, and this is just like one small thing. These can be yeah. like spread out to make much bigger things, like the way you see the world or mm-hmm. even, you know, taste in music, something you would have never listened to before because you – have mm-hmm. a negative bias towards or judgment, mm-hmm. but your partner likes that music yeah. and you give it a chance. And you're like, Oh, you know what? I, I can see where it's going. I like mm-hmm. it. You know, it's not bad, but you have to be open to, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't have it all figured out mm-hmm. to give that person a chance. I think a lot of time we come into relationships with this way to edify ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, so we bring our ego into it. And we want the other person essentially to mirror and be us, to basically agree with everything we say. Because if they do, well, I'm right, Mm -hmm. then my opinion's not wrong. But by being at that disposition from the get-go, you actually never really get to meet that person. You get to meet somebody that's doing their best to Mm -hmm. not upset you and please you. And yeah, it's always awesome when you feel like, oh yeah, the other person thinks mm-hmm. the way I do, sees the way I do, because it feeds our ego. It's like, oh, shit, maybe I'm not wrong. Maybe I, yeah, I got some things figured out. This mm-hmm. person's cool because she thinks I'm cool, you know? But if you do that and that person's not being genuine because they actually care about you and they want to form something or you're not being genuine with them about your feelings, then, you know, three months down the road, eventually you're going to start seeing, oh, yeah, they have different ideas and maybe mm-hmm. we're not actually eye-to-eye and compatible. Mm-hmm. So... It's always good to approach, I think, those relationships slightly cautiously, you know. Try to see who that person is. Let them Mm -hmm. be themselves. And if you guys hit it off, cool. But if not, 
oh, there's billions of people in the world, right? You know, potential of other matches, but even being alone is better than being with the wrong person. You can mm-hmm. feel more alone with somebody than you can being physically by yourself. I think yeah. when you're with the wrong person. Yeah, I mean, you know, compatibility is one of the important things for sure. But I think it's almost impossible to find someone who is 100% compatible with you, right? So in that sense, um, you know, continuous conflicts uh, in which you're trying to find out um, basically who that person is and how that uh, conflict and values um, can be resolved or, you know, it cannot be resolved. You, You will have to try out, though. But I think that's almost uh, unavoidable. It's inevitable. You have to go through that at first, right? Um, on the surface, you may think that, oh, we're super compatible, you know, uh, we like to run in the morning together, whatever. But there are so many aspects in relationships. So, you know, um, in a way, um, you should be always ready for that. And I think it's valuable, meaningful conflict, you know? Because through which, only which, you can find out who that really person is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's nothing like uh, difficult situations to really see somebody's character. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd almost argue you don't really know somebody until you've seen mm-hmm. them in a very hard situation, mm-hmm. whether that's uh, an emotional difficulty or even a physical one. Mm-hmm. I mean, ideally both. You know, that's why yeah. I personally love, you know, taking a potential partner out in the woods, climbing, yeah. whatever. Because uh, when you have some physical hardship, you know, those emotional walls seem to mm-hmm. come down. It's like maybe you're a bit of an asshole when you're not mm-hmm. like comfortable, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And the fact of life is you're going to be uncomfortable a lot, yeah. especially with your partner if you're spending all the time together. I think that's something we also fail to realize is that, you know, maybe this relationship works great when we see each other three times a week. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we don't need to live together to actually get the most out of each other. Maybe, maybe there's a sweet spot. Uh, mm-hmm. My buddy, Brittany, he's got a really – really nice saying that I like. He says, you know, sometimes secret to a happy ending is knowing when to roll the credits. And I, re- I really, I think there's some truth to that, whether that's a relationship ending or deciding like, yeah, we can only see people, see these people in, you know, a specific amount of time or in a specific situation, you know, and maybe that's how we should quantify and define this relationship. Sometimes, things get sour because we let them just keep going you know to the Mm -hmm. point where i'm bitter and i resent you whether Mm -hmm. it's a friendship or an employer you're like you know throw the finger your employer because you're sick of it you feel taken advantage of Mm -hmm. but you know maybe if on the first week when you start feeling that way Mm -hmm. if you just had a conversation with them then you could know like oh yeah it's heading down that road or maybe they were realizing they're in the wrong and mistreating you and they can do steps to fix it or you can find some compromise you know but again that takes a lot of looking into yourself and being like, you know, what am I worth? What do I want? Am I getting that out of this person, out of this employer, out of this friend? If the answer is no, you need to try to find out why. And anybody that's level-headed, whether it's an employer or friendship or a relationship, you should be able to discuss them, these ideas and these things, the way you're feeling. And if you can't have a reasonable discussion with them, I mean, do you really want a deep, like, huge part of your life with them? I would I would argue probably not, so maybe it's back to the drawing board. But at least you got some dignity out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and more, you know, know how, how to interact in these relationships and kind of navigate the water, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Good stuff. Has there been any relationship where you've compromised on? 
<clears throat> Where are you? Oh, yeah. I mean, many times, right? But um, I think even even then, I think I learned a lot about myself, you know, uh, about, about that person, too. But I learned more about myself, too, you know. So that's what I was saying earlier, that, you know, through all, all these conflicts, you you really get to... Um, I mean, I didn't say this earlier, but you you get to really challenge your your values, and which is to basically we reevaluate your values, right? So, you know, you obviously you have to be really open to that idea. Otherwise, you you're gonna just, you know, you you're never gonna even think about to, um. whether or not that idea is correct or value should be there, you know? Um, so I, you know, I, the reason I'm hesitating is that I don't want to really talk about, you know, we don't have to talk about like yeah, specific yeah. individuals, maybe just something like generally me, speaking yeah. in the sense yeah. of maybe with what you do mm-hmm. with your free time. Have you ever had, a, have you ever been in a situation where, you can't do what you love to do or what you're really passionate oh, yeah, about. Dude. And then how did, how Many did you times. handle that? Um, I, I don't know. I don't remember exactly, but you know, a lot of times it's just, uh, you know, you give up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard it here first. You give up. Right. But, uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't giving up because obviously you went through, you know, multiple events and discussions with, yeah. you know, certain individuals. Mm-hmm. But you came to the realization maybe it was best to go separate ways. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think it's added value to your life. I think both of us, I mean, we both, mm-hmm. I mean, we've known each other for a long time. Right. We've gained, I think, a lot by exiting yeah. certain things. I mean, we can even speak about our employers, mm-hmm. right? So just the industry in general we were in, mm-hmm. we were, you know, dissatisfied. Yeah. But it took us sitting down, and again, you know, this was over seven years, 2014 is when we first started talking yeah. about this podcast to make the decision to head somewhere. So, yeah, sometimes it takes a long time to actually exit something because you have to prepare, and again, you feel doubtful, inconfident, unsure yeah. of yourself. But through honest communication and, I mean, working together, we kind of saw – there was a, a pattern, right? You know, there was something that continually showed up in the data mm-hmm. was dissatisfaction with this job and specific things with this job. More than even our managers, our coworkers, there was something underlying in there that mm-hmm. didn't align with our core values or what we wanted out of life. Mm-hmm. So eventually we made the choice to leave all together. And that's, it takes, cur- I, I hate I hate that. Ooh, it takes courage. <laughs> Because it doesn't take courage. I mean, it takes effort, yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. But we can at least say undoubtedly right now where we're at yeah. that we have we did the bare minimum. And we're trying to make things better. <clears throat> yeah. And I think that shows through in our, in our daily lives. We find yeah. uh, generally more life satisfaction and just a gratefulness, I think, for even the chance to try something different try mm-hmm. something new that you can get when you break up with people you can get when you leave mm-hmm. employers you can get when you end friendships but you yeah. can also get this when you just have a discussion with your employer 
Maybe they give you a raise. Maybe they change your position. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you get the value you feel like you deserve. Or mm-hmm. in a romantic relationship, maybe they see where you're coming from. They adjust their behavior. Mm-hmm. Or you're able to compromise in some way to get more fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have a deeper relationship because of it. Yeah. You know, same thing with friendships. I think it's easier to do in friendships, again, because there's already that kind of barrier to entry. It's like, if we don't like each other right. as is, there's not much for us to gain, so why even maintain a relationship? Mm-hmm. But when you do go into those in deep, in-depth conversations, you know, a friendship becomes more than just a mm-hmm. friendship. You can get what we have, you know? Yeah. Like a, a brotherhood, something that's just deeper. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of people don't have that in their life, and that's, that's true. unfortunate true. because it's mm-hmm. just such great value adds such a absolutely level of enjoyment and fulfillment Mm -hmm. yeah and then you know uh the difficulty in ending a relationship in general uh, whatever the relationship is um is because it's you know it's easier to stay in your comfort zone and you know even though your relationship may not be um you know ideal but it's, it's more comfortable you feel comfortable to stay in that um, status of a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So typically, we have to hit the worst, you know, status of that relationship to actually even think about, okay, maybe I should end this, right? <laughs> yeah. But I, I think that's also part of our nature. That um, well, one part is that it's it's easier to stay in that relationship, even if even if it's not ideal. And second, we always have that hope that this is going to get better, right? But that's like you know, really blind to the um, severity of the situation. Like, no, it's not going to get better if you actually make changes, right? And then one of the, you know, changes you have to make, I mean, I'm not saying to some people there, you know, who are uh, struggling in their relationship, just end it right now. (laughs) No, you heard it here first. You need to end that crap. (laughs) If you're really uh, desiring something more than what you have currently, I mean, the start should be the end of your current relationship, right? Otherwise, you you cannot make, of course, assuming that you have tried everything. I mean, I think that's another important thing. Um, I mean, I think this is personal opinion. If if your relationship is not great, I think you should try, you know, everything you can at first, right? Before you end it. Because even if you uh, end up, you know, breaking the relationship, you will learn a lot of things along the way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, at least you have no regrets looking back. Yeah, you say, exactly. you know what? I, I another another part. Right. Exhausted all potential. I, I hate the feeling. Yeah, I hate the feeling. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's one of the worst things to look back and be like, yeah, dang it. You know, maybe if I tried a little harder, yeah. spoke my mind, my peace right. a little more, maybe then mm-hmm. the love would have sufficed and mm-hmm. sustained, and the relationship could have continued. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, maybe that's us deceiving ourselves because mm-hmm. people that are in abusive relationships probably feel that way too Mm -hmm. but again that's why you got to take a step back and really look at it look at the actions and the words and they lined Mm up do they line up with your values and again this is actually interesting because we haven't talked about the most important most important relationship it's your relationship with yourself yeah that's true that's something we skip over all the time and Mm -hmm. you can't have as good of relationships with others if you don't have a good relationship internally with yourself because we're all, we're wrestling with concepts all the time we're bombarded with information mm-hmm. with feelings emotions all these chemical processes and if we never take the time to understand them mm-hmm. repeatedly 
then we might just be being taken over. Our our systems might be hijacked by emotion mm-hmm. whether than intentionality and making choices for ourselves and what we want in our lives. So identifying, identifying value. And again, it's very hard to do that when you're young, I think. It just takes time to build these things, and they change more and more over time. But some things, again, like I was mentioning before, are going to remain there. Like these data points are going to show up continually, and I would say these are kind of your core values you know, that you can always come back to. Those seem to shift less over time. But you need the historical data to show like, oh, yeah, on average, this is the kind of person I am mm-hmm. or, you know, I'm more inclined to this way maybe. So, and those can be negative things. So maybe, you know, oh, I'm inclined to be mean mm-hmm. or I'm inclined to be reactionary. So how do I tone that down? You know, whether it's meditation right. or other things, you know, how can I do this to have more control over myself mm-hmm. and a better relationship with myself. So then I can interface with my employer, <laughs> my partner, my friend in a way that adds value to their life. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, um, we were really frustrated with this discussion about panpsychism, right? But whether or not, I'm, I'm going to just borrow that idea a little bit, whether yeah. or not the consciousness, consciousness is, uh, ubiquitous and fundamental part of this universe and yourself, right? It'll be tragic to think that you are just nothing but a collection of ideas um, and, and you know, storage of memories, right? Mm-hmm. That's how I think it is. Yeah. In that sense, you should really uh, pain, painfully learn about yourself, Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's where you mm-hmm. start actually to find out what your values are. Right. Yeah. yeah. I love that, that phrasing painfully mm-hmm. learn about yourself. Yeah, it's, 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 time, pain. Right? it's pain though. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, there's no denial. There is a pain attached to learning. Learning is suffering to some mm-hmm. degree yeah. because it's difficult. It's difficult. You can't, mm-hmm. the process of acquiring something you didn't have for, didn't have before is a difficult journey and rightfully so Mm -hmm. because it may not be as valuable if it didn't have difficulty attached to it and associated Mm -hmm. with it and again you know we live in a culture in a time place and i think it's just evolutionary to avoid pain because we think pain is associated Mm -hmm. with death and again Maybe that's some like physiological evolutionary mechanism that has helped us at some point in our history, but doesn't serve a much practical use today. Mm. You know, like we've gone to the gym many times, you know, it hurts. It hurts when you're pulling weight, you're pushing it, you know, your muscles feel a pain, Mm. but there's a growth associated with it, you know, going through that pain. And so you tell your mind, you steady it and say, hey, no, this is a good pain. Even though it sucks, you know it's going to pass. You know, eventually over time, mm-hmm. there will be growth. And a relationship is like that too. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's self-evaluation. And about yourself too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That relationship with yourself, again, mm-hmm. going back to that. It's a painful journey because ideally, mm-hmm. it's lifelong, you know? Yeah. And you're always learning about yourself mm-hmm. and discovering more things that you didn't think you'd yeah. always have. I mean, going to the panpsychism part with you know if you think we're a collection of ideas and you know just elements and can mm-hmm. be boiled down to mathematical equations where's the the humanity element 
even if that is the case and that's like base reality and all that's true mm-hmm. you know consciousness is the base level and we're just you know basically that magnified at this point we still interface with reality we mm-hmm. still feel as if we have free will mm-hmm. even if it is an illusion we're yeah. here right now i'm choosing my words so there's power right. in that even if it is illusionary we should take advantage of it yeah you know and we then, should manipulate it yeah even if that's the case the journey itself is real at least to you the journey yeah. is real right yeah. so that thing that's i so i was going going kind of backwards <clears throat> so how do you how do you have a good relationship with you know um whatever that means you have to you have to know what your core values are um then you can actually um determine whether or not this relationship is um meaningful to you and mm-hmm. how do you find that well you just said it right you have to know about yourself it's not just that oh i'm happy because of this i mean that could be your value but highly unlikely right i yeah. mean your core core values don't just come some may come i cannot really uh, determine how those are um, discovered but a lot of them you have to actually search for it you have to go through a lot of different you know parts parts of your life whether that is reading whether that is learning from you know someone mentor uh whether that is traveling you know there are a lot of these things um that you can you can do to actually at least evaluate by yourself and um you know to discover your your core values oh, right absolutely i think yeah. in the pro- and that's where your happiness comes from too oh sure i think yeah. happiness is tied to those things satisfaction at least yeah, yeah. life satisfaction yeah. it's funny i think what you're getting at as well is that you know in this kind of paradoxical way mm-hmm. when you're searching you're also creating mm-hmm. you know there's like a creation of value via searching and oftentimes we think of you know these these phrases like i just got to find myself you know you're not going to stumble just one day and trip over something and be like i have discovered what i want and desire Mm -hmm. out of life you know it's an active process of searching and then trying on new things like oh yeah does that work for me no it doesn't you know does this fit with me does it feel right and again i hate using things like uh fill because they don't necessarily describe something that's uh maybe repeatable and like very scientific Mm -hmm or you know empirical data like that but there's a very real process of creation via discovery and searching mm-hmm. uh, you know it's funny we're like 46 minutes into this and i think we've only mentioned the word maybe love a handful of times you know we're yeah. talking about relationships and we haven't we haven't touched on the the mm-hmm. concept of love and yeah. that's i mean that's a that's a super loaded term we'll have to get into another time yeah absolutely but i think everything we've discussed is absolutely just one small part of love Mm -hmm. and shouldn't be overlooked when you're considering Mm -hmm. what what you love who you love Mm -hmm. um and things of that nature yeah since we talked about um mainly romantic relationships uh do you want to talk about um the the movie that we watched um the marriage story yeah it was really great movie yeah yeah it had uh yeah uh adam driver i believe is the guy yeah and then scarlett johansson yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it I was mean, the good. movie started really uh, interestingly, in a way that the beginning of the movie is basically uh, beginning of the end of their relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, the movie starts in a room where those couples are sitting together with a mediator, 
who's helping for um, their separation. So they're about to, uh, well, <clears throat> they were supposed to read what they had written about their spouse's uh, positive things. And uh, Scarlett Johansson's character refuses to read it, right? And um, Adam Driver is like, well, I'm, I'm okay reading mine. Well, you know, I'm okay. And then she's like, well, I don't want to listen to yours either. <laughs> yeah. And that's how the movie starts. Yeah. It was uh it was very well done. Mm-hmm. And I mean no spoiler alert, they get divorced. Right. But again, it's the journey that's makes the movie so interesting mm-hmm. and it's very it's very relatable. I feel like it displayed a process like that in a very enduring way that doesn't miss the difficulty involved. Mm-hmm. And like you were mentioning earlier, you know, it wasn't that the relationship lacked love, mm-hmm. even though they went their separate ways. You could still see love between yeah. them, but it was right. ultimately the incompatibility. Mm-hmm. I think that was history. That that is sort of the you know moral of the story. That I, I talked about this before. One, your intimacy doesn't just disappear, right? It's still there. And you can see that from a lot of scenes in the movie throughout. Um, also, another thing is that maybe, maybe you know, marriage doesn't fail because the intimacy intimacy is just you know not there anymore. The mm. love is still there, yeah. but sometimes you just you know you have to take that route. Yeah, you know yeah. I think that's um, there were there were like two the two main um, uh, parts of the uh, movie, kind of the themes, yeah. right? The, and then you know the the reason I think they starts with that, um, you know. They're meeting with mediators that one there's so much t- so much happening i mean there's just so much to happen you know uh just for that separation process you know they didn't have to really i really like that part of the movie that they didn't really have to show this the the couple's happy times even though they could yeah but yeah. i think that was to emphasize that there's just so much you know so much after that you know i mean throughout that separation process yeah. Right. I think that was like the his way of emphasizing that. Yeah. There was intentionality there. Yeah. Yeah. And that tone with the the director's mm-hmm. direction, mm-hmm. <laughs> ironically, um, I guess not ironically, but like you mentioned in when we were discussing it earlier, that it seemed like intentional. They didn't show the backstory because then you mm-hmm. don't you're yeah. not left at a bias about wait whose side am I on which right. character I prefer. Mm-hmm. You see the heaviness through their actions going through that process but you also see both sides you see the love and kind of like yeah i understand you're not blameless like both characters were detestable in some of the ways they carried themselves in their actions and that's i mean that's how relationships are even when they Mm -hmm. end you know things are seldomly one-sided outside of abusive relationships and things of that nature Mm -hmm. typically both parties are at fault Mm -hmm. but both parties also loved each other deeply Right. And then, you know, also it shows that both parties can, um, may not see the, uh, their marriage equally. Right. I mean, she, the, the, the female character, she was so unhappy in the relationship, but Adam Driver's character was so blind to that situation. You know, Mm -hmm. he, he, (laughs) he didn't even know why it's happening basically right yeah um in that intense 
uh, conflict toward the end of the movie, he says, you were happy until you decided not to, right? Yeah, because yeah. that's how we thought, but co- completely different from what she was feeling in the relationship, mm-hmm. right? So that was really interesting too, that a lot of times, which is also true, we see the quality of or status of relationships so differently. Yeah, yeah. Right? I think that boils down to, at least in that situation, a lot of situations that people have is ineffective communication. Mm-hmm. You know, his the way he viewed the world and his relationship was entirely different in his head than the way she viewed it in her mm-hmm. head. And then also reality, the way the third person like us viewed it was completely different. We had a different interpretation mm-hmm. of the relationships, um, which is why it's so important to immediately discuss mm-hmm. things. Not to say like when you're slighted, you should immediately be like, let's sit down and talk. I felt like I was wrong. Yeah. You know, you know, there is some like personal responsibility and like handling emotions and certain things mm-hmm. that are on you as a person mm-hmm. that you should do. And that should be based on, you know, the relationship you have initially with your, with yourself mm-hmm. and self love. But a lot of the times those things in that could have been avoided had they had communications early on. Right. But the, also this is the beautiful thing too. Despite all that, mm-hmm. it's not for nothing at the end, right? Even when a relationship ends, you can gain so much via hindsight, mm-hmm. via going back and looking at it and analyzing it. But again, yeah. if you don't like take that time to process and analyze mm-hmm. and try to understand and make sense of it, you're probably going to repeat the same things in your future relationships Mm -hmm. or you'll hold a very pessimistic cynicism towards relationships, maybe Mm -hmm. the opposite sex and maybe these things. And you might limit yourself unknowingly just because you weren't able to visit it. So it's also why Mm -hmm. it's a good skill to develop is analysis of, you know, yourself and others. (coughs) It's okay to cry, man. It's okay. You just let it out. Yeah, uh, and then about the intimacy in the movie, um, it looked like almost that the intimacy is there not necessarily for the hope of restoring the relationship, but like there's a limit to which they can inflict damage to each other, right? I mean, that was to be part at the end. Yeah, remember. When Nora was telling the lawyer, uh, the female character's lawyer was telling her that, oh, you got 65 to 45, uh, 35 in a custody. And it's just like, no, I don't want that. I don't, I want 50 50. You know? Yeah. She doesn't want that. Yeah. Toward the end. Yeah. Both the, it was interesting because both the lawyers were. That's a big part of the movie, too. I think that's, (sighs) yeah. In, in, you know. Yeah. It was, it was going to show, I think, how culture and most people project their experience on the way relationships end in this case a divorce they're saying like Mm -hmm. she's gonna come after your money your kids everything so you gotta be ready to go and he's like no i know her she's not like that and then the other lawyer is doing the same thing and they're influencing both these like individuals that really do love each other to commit pretty atrocious things against one another because they're they're afraid they want to defend themselves they want to you know obviously they care about the kid a lot yeah but because they're so influenced by these other people, which yeah. in our situations would be, you know, potentially the media podcast like this, yeah. for example, can influence you in a direction you thought you weren't going to head yeah. again while you have to really examine it, mm-hmm. you know? And if you don't, there's going to be a lot of damage done. They hurt yeah. each other, you know, even though they could understand where they were coming from by the end of the movie, mm-hmm. at that point, the damage is done. They're walking their separate ways. 
even though that love exists, you mm-hmm. could see what potentially could have been. This yeah. could have potentially been avoided. To me, uh, that part was really interesting because, you know, if you think about relationship that is falling apart, what is most necessary is uh, revision to the relationship, mm-hmm. right? You have to find a problem and, um, you know, uh, make changes yeah. for that problem. But really, in comparison to that, um, really interesting to me was that those lawyers going through a divorce, they're forcing this, you know, revision to their past, right? Not for restoring the relationship, but the, just to change the narrative so that they can get benefits out of it, right? Yeah. So that, like, um, you know, comparison was really interesting to me, how they put together, you know? Yeah. There's a, I mean, I think we do that when we exit relationships a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something we've we've talked about, but <laughs> this is definitely why we have the Patreon-only podcast. Mm-hmm. This section right here is not going to be in the free podcast. But when we've talked about, it seems a lot of the time when we meet, you know, women on dates that they always have an ex that was abusive. You know, that term yeah. can be applied and it seems to be applied all the time. And not to say these mm. situations don't happen, but what constitutes abuse, right? I think can be heavily impacted when you're looking back on something. You know, if you if you yeah. have a negative disposition mm. towards it and things end it poorly, yeah. or maybe, you know, you have internal issues of self love and hatred, mm. it's easier to paint somebody as the villain when potentially maybe there was fault on both parties there. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe That's totally possible. Yeah. yeah and I think this happens to both people. This happens to, I mean, I know dudes too. It's, oh, she was a bitch. You know, she was a blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like she was just a person mm-hmm. and you were just a person. And now yeah. that's ended, you still harbor very hateful feelings. And again, I'm not dismissing people that have gone through right. real abuse. I'm saying on average, it seems like we have an issue of, we want to remember our partners previously or employees, mm-hmm. whatever friendships as these awful people to remove the, 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 the responsibility from ourselves well, to think, absolve ourselves. I think people do that, um, basically creating a new narrative that is advantageous for them. Yeah. I think partially because I think a big part of it is that that way, you know, they they get hurt the least. I think yeah. that's why people do it, not necessarily to portray that person as. I mean, I don't even know that person. I don't care. Right? Yeah, yeah. Why would you it's have It's for a... them, right? For themselves. Yeah. I think they do that so that, you know, that way they don't look bad, maybe on the surface. Also, internally, they can justify the situation. They don't get hurt. It's not hurtful. Yeah. Because that was that person's fault. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. So I think, yeah. no, I think there's just a danger there if we don't, you know, revisit those things in a more... Uh, humble way you know mm. where maybe maybe there was some fault i had i mean yeah. i've I've been at fault for relationships ending <laughs> so i'm sorry <laughs> well that's funny you i've had i've had heartbreak i've had suffering <laughs> this dude's laughing you see this you guys remember this one you're, you're paying for this <laughs> no, no 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 i i you know i mean it's, it's because so true so true i've been there too you know yeah. so i understand yeah i think we, all of us have been there no, I think really? so too. Yeah. Anybody that's gone through something has yeah. probably been there. Yeah. So. If you 
if you claim that you've never done anything wrong in your relationship, you're a fucking liar. <laughs> you know? Oh, no, that's Jesus over there. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't oh, in a relationship, well. I guess, right? You know? <laughs> I mean, well. Yeah. I guess we're an it's hour in now. Wow, an we just hour, hit yeah. an hour. This this one's yeah. gone by really quick. Yeah. This yeah. is a part one in a infinite part of series. Yeah. There will be more conversations on relationships yeah, and the for sure. dynamics with guests and other people that mm-hmm. can speak. Yeah. Uh, you know, romantic relationship. We really wanted to talk about mentorship. We did, Or, yeah. uh, like, special relationship that you create <sighs> yeah. with, um, you know, persons outside of your family or, mm-hmm. you know, close friends. Because those relationships can be really unique and special. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would argue in my uh, personal experience, those ones have sustained and lasted longer than the romantic mm-hmm. ones and have had just as intense moments. oh yeah because it's not you know nothing's given and guaranteed yeah you know? yeah yeah so or you take it as guaranteed you know no absolutely so i guess next time right yeah we'll talk about that for sure you know well, it'll be very interesting i'm sure you have uh uh you've had a great mentor before yeah. A.K.A. Kai. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's 10 years older than me again. Yeah, had, uh, that's the uh, only reason he could be a mentor. Before, um, special relationships. So yeah, yeah, no, we'll absolutely. definitely talk about that yeah. next time. But um, yeah, I think that's it for this episode. All right. Yep. Thanks for tuning in again. Bye, guys. That's this week's episode of the Theory of the Living Podcast. Thank you for listening with us. We're recording Kai. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. And if you'd like to help support us, we have a Patreon page where you can subscribe for exclusive content. Also, please share with others who you think may find value in our discussion. Leave a rating, a review, and please subscribe to the podcast and the YouTube. Thank you again. See you later.